Let's give a nice warm radio for my welcome this morning to Lieutenant Governor Phil Scott. Morning. How's it going? Good to see you. Very well. Stay up. So uh, yesterday or this week, you've been floating the idea that you're considering running for governor. I, I answered a question. Uh, I think the question, they, they wanted me, me to be honest ab about whether uh, I was considering um, running for governor or not. And I said, yes, I'm considering. I'm a long ways away from making that decision. But uh, consideration is, uh, I guess, the appropriate word. Okay. Why are you considering it now? Whereas in the past, you've really rejected even the suggestion of considering. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was... Uh, time for me at that point uh, two years ago or whenever it was when when uh, other people were trying to make decisions about who was going to run and, and whether I was going to run uh, it was quite clear to me that uh, it wasn't it wasn't the right time um, from a lot of different perspectives from a business standpoint from my personal life and and so forth we were trying to do some things with the business trying to resurrect our, our building and so forth trying to put that on an even keel and uh, it just wasn't the timing wasn't right. Why, so, why is the timing right today or this week to have answered that question the way you did? Well, again, I think I've been, you know, I've been answering that question. I, I, I thought I was that uh, that I'm, I'm always open uh, to uh, to thinking about that. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure uh, if I'm the right person or not. I think it has to be something uh, larger than whether you can win or not. Uh, I think that's uh, immaterial. You have to set your, put your ego aside. It's very, very difficult sometimes. We all have egos, but uh, you have to, to put that aside and, and determine whether you're the right person at this point in time uh, to move the state in a different direction. And, and I, um, I think I, I fit some of those uh, qualities, but uh, again, it's an internal decision that, uh, that I'm going to have to make, and, and I need to, uh, to make it uh, by, by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But again, let me just go back here. When 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 people like me would ask you in the past six months whether or not this was something you were considering, you would completely blow it off and say, no, come on. I mean, I, I'm not thinking about that, Mark. My dream in life is not to be governor, and I, I'm not even thinking about it. So what changed in the past whatever to make you even want to think about this? Well, again, everything in uh, you know, business life is uh, stabilized, I think. Uh, I think that makes a, a big difference. Um, I think uh, what I've seen in uh, as far as the direction of the state, uh, I think that I see that uh, we need a different different direction, uh, a, a new roadmap, so to speak. And, um, and I'm thinking that, uh, uh, you know, I've got a few ideas on, on what we can do. Uh, I've been talking about economic development for... Um, the last three or four years, and uh, I just think it's time for us to, to really put some effort in in that regard uh, so that we can um, change uh, the way we do business. And, and I've talked about to you a lot about uh, what's happening to our state in terms of demographics, stagnant populations, uh, economic decline, I think shrinking workforce. Uh, I just think that we need a, a better plan. I think we need to, to move in a different direction so that we can we can all, if we can all agree that we have an issue, um, that we can uh, work together in trying to bring all sides together in, in order to help each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. You say you want to take the next six months or so and think about this. So why wouldn't you run? Well, again, it's a huge lifestyle change. I mean, it's a, it's a heavy, heavy commitment, as you might imagine. You're, you're, you don't have a personal life anymore. Uh, it's... Uh, it, it changes. Uh, the, everything changes the, from the racing to, to even little things like biking and, and doing the things you want to do. I mean, it's, it's just a different lifestyle. And it's not like 
I'm not accustomed to that. Even in the lieutenant governor's uh, role, it's a, a bit like that. You don't have a whole lot of uh, uh, free weekends and, and free nights, but uh, it's it's multiplied uh, by two or threefold, probably, uh, in terms of the governor's uh, position. Mm-hmm. You've told me, as I mentioned before, you said that being governor wasn't the be-all and end-all of your life. It's, it's Does that still, change? It still wouldn't be. Um, you know, I think I think it's uh, important again to separate that uh, and because if if you if you run because you can win or run because uh, your, your ego needs that to fulfill the needs in your life uh, to uh, to put that check mark on on the list, uh, so to speak. Um, I think you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Uh, I think again, uh, you um, you have to do it. Uh, internalize the decision. You have to do it for the right reasons, and and I'm I'm working through that. Mm-hmm. Earlier this week, Senator Bernie Sanders announced that he was running for president. Big announcement up at the Burlington Waterfront, and he said that the country needed a political revolution, and that the reason that he was running was because of income inequality and because the political system is broken. Why would you run? Well, again, I think there's uh, some truth to what he's saying. I, I've, I've always admired Bernie Sanders in, in terms of his commitment to following through on what he believes in. And, and his message hasn't changed a whole lot uh, over the last couple of decades. And I think that's an attribute. I, th- I see things a little bit differently. I think that we need some tweaking uh, in um, maybe both our political system and uh, in terms of how we do business or how we don't do business. And the economy is something that I think is very important to us in in the state. Um, I think we need to learn how to compete in a different way. Um, and I think that we need to restore faith and trust in uh, in our elected officials and in government and bureaucracy. I, I think not just I'm not talking about here in Vermont uh, solely. I'm thinking we've seen some of the reports. There's a, there's a big one out. The former speaker um is is been indicted and this charges brought against him apparently um and those are the types of things that uh, i think that we're lacking uh, and i think that uh, people want to believe in something they want to have faith and trust in somebody or something uh to to put aside the uncertainty that is uh, is hovering over our heads and and i think uh again we uh we have to hold ourselves to a higher level, uh, and we have to restore that faith and trust so that we can all, again, prosper together in some ways so that we, we trust government again. Now, Sanders is talking about on a national level this idea of a political revolution. Do you think there needs to be a political revolution in Vermont? No, I, I, don't, I don't think a revolution. I think that sounds um, a, a bit... Uh, uh, a bit grandiose, I guess. Uh, I think what we need is maybe some more balance, uh, some more tweaking. I, I think I would like to see. Uh, I, I believe in the citizens' legislature. I think that that's uh, that works for Vermont. But I do believe uh, that we need uh, more people from all walks of life. I think that uh, we need to to look at things uh, such as the length of the session. Uh, I've seen other states, and I I talk with a lot of my counterparts. And uh, I'm always uh, intrigued by um, the 90-day limit uh, that m- many, many of them have, or even those that meet every other year. And uh, I think that we could do our work uh, uh, in a 90-day period. And, and I think that would open the door to more people uh, getting involved. When you, uh, at this point in time, 
if you were considering running for office, um, you would have to go to your employer and say, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be gone. I'd like to run for the legislature. And they might ask, how long are you going to be gone? And you'd have to say, oh, well, whenever the budget's uh, passed, uh, that could be four, five, six months. Really not sure at this point. And I, I think, again, you need some certainty. I think a three-month period, you could say to your employer, you know, I'm going to be gone for three months, and, and they could make that, uh, make that happen. Uh, and so I think there's ways we can, we can do business a little bit differently uh, in order to, to bring a better balance and, again, to restore that faith and trust uh, and balance into uh, our political process. Hmm. Don't, don't you, by having a firm and date already built in, uh, I mean, the end of the session is so fluid and you just part of the negotiation is people want to go home and then wouldn't that, wouldn't that defeat that? Well, I think it used to be um, uh, that that was uh, more prevalent. I, I think when you look back uh, at uh, what the makeup of the legislature was, a, a lot of uh, farmers uh, were part of that process. And uh, I, I remember uh, when I was first elected uh, and I watched some of the negotiations with Bob Wood and uh, Vince Lucy. Uh, there, Bob Wood was the uh, chair of the Institutions Committee in the House and Vince Lucy, of course, uh, in the Senate. And uh, Vince Luzzi would know uh, that Bob Wood, who was a vegetable farmer, had to get home to plant. You know, he had to leave. Uh, and so he would use that to his advantage uh, in order to skill, skillfully negotiate the capital bill. And that would go on for two or three weeks until finally Bob Wood would say, you know, I've I got to get out of here. I'm, I'm leaving. Uh, until that year that Bob Wood sold his farm and uh, didn't tell Vince that. And uh, the negotiation changed. He said, I could be here all summer long. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, I think everyone has different reasons for wanting to get out. But sometimes you need uh, a deadline. You really need a firm deadline as to, to when, when you have to leave. I'm talking with Lieutenant Governor Phil Scott. You can join us at 244-1777. That's our local number in central Vermont. Toll free 877-291-8255. Biggest accomplishment as Lieutenant Governor has been what? I, I think uh, uh, bringing about uh, the uh, highlighting uh, economic development. I think that that's something that uh, I've been um, been working towards. I think we've we've hit a bit of a stride. We've got uh, one bill that uh, passed with some different measures, albeit uh, not to the to the extent that we uh, we need. Um, but it's a start. It's a. It's at least getting it uh, to the to the point where people are talking about it. I I don't think we were talking about economic development quite as much as we did in the last session. And uh, so I, I'm I'm I along with others um, with the economy pitch sessions that I had across the state, trying to connect with uh, with Vermonters. I think was was something that was uh, was needed and and uh, and well received. And and I think that. The, Again, my ability to connect with uh, the legislature as well, working with them, uh, and, and again, instilling that faith and trust. When I'm presiding, uh, for instance, uh, I think that uh, across the political spectrum, I think that, uh, that they're, they know that my decisions on when, when there's a point of order raised uh, about process, that I'm not playing political games, that I'm, that I'm actually looking at each individual item uh, as as though it was it was uh, regardless of my personal feelings, and I've had to rule against the way I would feel uh, myself, and uh, I think that builds that trust and and that respect, and and that's what I 
have tried to uh, to uh, promote in the Senate in particular is uh, respect and civility. And that's all we can do, you know, listen to each other and try and uh, learn from each other and uh, do it in an appropriate manner. Let's go to Montpelier. Tom, good morning. Yeah, good morning, uh, you guys. A uh, couple quick things. Uh, I definitely hope you do run. I think I, oh, that's what I enjoyed the most about Jim Douglas is he was like a, you know. All right. Mm. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I think it's just make a nice balance, and then not on politics. Uh, I was wondering if Phil was going to make it over to Speedway 51 tomorrow, Joey <laughs> LeCare's new track, because it'd be great to see you over there, and you definitely wouldn't recognize the place. And I'll hang up and listen. All right. Well, I can answer the second part first. I didn't hear the other uh, too much of the other part, but uh, I won't be going over to Groveton. But I've heard uh, I've raced there before. Uh, over the years, and uh, I've tried to confine my racing to uh, Thunder Road. Um, but I, I've heard Joey LeCare's done a great job with the track, and uh, I wish them well this weekend, and uh, certainly for a lot of reasons. Uh, the, the uh, I was close with the LeCare family, and uh, little Joey was uh, one that uh, will greatly miss, one of the talents uh, of the future. 244-1777 is our local number, toll-free 877-291-8255. You say you want to restore faith and trust in government. In Vermont, where has faith and trust been lost? Well, I, I, again, I think uh, we just look at the end of the session. Um, we had I've described uh, this past session as a bit of a soap opera. When you look back a year ago, uh, where we where we started uh, in terms of a passing a budget and then uh, facing a thirty-five million dollar downgrade in the revenue two weeks into the fiscal year. Uh, then uh, the election, uh, then a very close election, pulling the plug on single payer, um, going in, having a, a, um, another vote on the governor by the legislature, uh, all the ups and downs of the, the session, uh, the ousting of a sergeant in arms, uh, which a longtime public servant, uh, I didn't see that one coming. And uh, then, you know, in the end, uh, having the arrest of a, of a senator, a sitting senator. Uh, and I think that that casts a bit of a, uh, a cloud over the institution. And, and I think that there, you know, we hear about it nationally. We hear about a lot of different things. And, and I think we expect more from our um, elected officials. And, and I just think that we need to, to keep that in mind. Okay. What can you do about that if you were to uh, run? Uh, act appropriately. Try and, try and lead by example. That's all. That's all you can do. What does that mean? It uh, means trying to, to be uh, honest and open and, and trying uh, not to play uh, those political games uh, that uh, I think I think there's a time, you, you know, I, I reflect on this a lot after an election. Um, you, everyone is a politician during an election. I think that that's, uh, that's, that's the way, that's what you have to do. Uh, but then there's a time when you transition uh, from being a politician to being a public servant. And what I've uh, witnessed over my last 15 years is some do it better than others. Some never, never get there. Some are politicians all the time. And there are others that are public servants all the time. But uh, it's difficult sometimes to transition. And I think that we need more public servants uh, serving us rather than politicians and rather than fulfilling egos. And uh, so I'm, uh, I'm just saying that I think... Uh, that I can uh, represent those. Uh, if if I did decide to ride and run, uh, I represent the blue collar. Uh, I grew up in in Vermont. Uh, I I'm just a regular person, just like everyone else. I'm I'm accessible, um, 
and and I think people appreciate that, and I think that that's what they they just want to they just want to trust somebody. Let's go to St. Albans. Good morning, Dick. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Morning, Lieutenant Governor. Good morning. Uh, I respectfully uh, disagree with you. There is going to be a revolution in Vermont. Uh, the people have had enough. Governments don't create jobs, and this whole static government you've got running here is going to be up and upheaval here. And uh, we're not going to tweak a bad system. That's what you've got set up here is a bad system. You basically have, what you've done is you've commentized the whole uh, state of Vermont through Act 250 and Act 200. You've got a bureaucratic administration running this government for their own purposes of uh, staying employed. You've got politicians down there uh, running from the legislature to the lobbyists back to the administrative government just to feed themselves. And I think most people out here are well aware of it, especially with the bribes that came in from Bloomberg to buy off the politicians uh, for their vote on this gun sense for this gun bill. I think right. that's about the end of the road here. Okay, let me Somebody get him to go to jail. Got it. Thank you. What do you, what do you make of that? Well, uh, again, I hope you're wrong, Dick. Uh, I think uh, I think that we can restore that faith. Uh, I don't uh, I, I don't think it's as egregious as uh, maybe you think, but. But uh, you're entitled to your opinion, and, and uh, I hope it's not a revolution. I hope that uh, we're able to uh, to figure things out the, the Vermont way. Let's uh, go to uh, Corinth. Forbes, good morning. Good morning. How are you, gentlemen? Good. Good morning, Forbes. Um, just um, um, taking a look at your, your numbers in the last election and also looking on the social media and Facebook and whatnot, it's running 99% in, in favor of you. So at this point, I would almost say that the governorship is yours for the, the likings at this point. But stopping at that point, Jim Douglas uh, had his back against the wall. He had uh, many good ideas. He pleaded with the legislature to implement, to get out of some of our problems. And, of course, uh, um, that, that didn't come about. How important would it be for you to have a real um, hands-on, nuts-and-bolts uh, lieutenant governor and some major changes in the legislature towards your, your decision? Good question. Well, I think it's, uh, thank you, Forbes. Uh, first of all, um, maybe at this point in time, if I'm, my points are, if I'm running that high, then uh, maybe I should retire right now. Um, that might be the best bet. Uh, the, 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 I think the expectations are high for anybody uh, to uh, uh, to make a change, and uh, and I and I hope that that's not overestimated, uh, because you do you make good points. Uh, you need help. You can't do it by yourself. Uh, it has to be. Uh, you have to form a, a team, so to speak. And and I look at uh, the balance of the legislature. I think is essential to uh, to come up with more common sense uh, folks uh, to to represent uh, the people. And and again, I talked about that a little bit before. I really truly believe in the citizens' legislature, uh, but I think it could be uh, better represented uh, with uh, with a better cross section. Uh, I can't tell you how many people uh, are are not engaged uh, with uh, what happens in Montpelier, and there's a lot of apathy. We saw it in the last election. What was it, a 44% turnout, 43, yeah. something like that? That's embarrassing. You yeah. know, it really is. And uh, that's how uh, either out of touch or 
um, how apathetic uh, folks are in, in Vermont. And we need to bring them back in. And regardless of, uh, of how we position ourselves, we don't... I'm not going to agree with everyone uh, on all the issues, uh, and, and, and shouldn't. Um, but uh, we should be able to have uh, a dialogue and, and a respectful dialogue about uh, our direction and what, what we want and, uh, and what we can afford. Uh, we have to be frugal. Uh, we have to be realistic. Uh, and we have to use common sense. And, and that's all I can ask of anybody. And then treat each other with respect and civility to listen. Take a quick break. We'll come back continue our discussion with Lieutenant Governor Phil Scott right after this. Kiss your gas goodbye with a new Ford Energy at Lamoille Valley Ford. Hi, folks. I'm Dan Keene, owner of Lamoille Valley. The Ford C-Max and Fusion Energies are plug-in hybrids that are rated to get the equivalent of 88 miles per gallon. The energies simply recharge in any household outlet, and we have many friends and customers who rarely buy gas if their daily commute is under 30 miles. In fact, I just got back from a meeting in Boston, and I drove my own Ford Energy down and back and spent less than 17 on gas. So to kick off summer, we've loaded up on Ford Energies at Lamoille Valley Ford, and we have an awesome lease deal for you. Right now, with just $9.99 down plus tax and reg fees and first payment, qualified buyers can get a two-year lease on a loaded C-Max Energy starting at just $1.99 a month or a Fusion Energy at $2.29. So drive Route 14, 15, or 16 to Hardwick and Lamoille Valley Ford. Go green and kiss your gas goodbye with a new Ford Energy at Lamoille Valley Ford. Want to make your spring special? Maybe you've been waiting to purchase a new vehicle or home, add a room, or fix up your house. Or maybe you would like some extra cash to celebrate the end of winter. Granite Hills Credit Union can help make your dreams come true with our many loan programs. We offer some of the best rates available on auto loans, mortgages, and home equity loans. We can also refinance your existing loan with payments that meet your financial needs. Our No Surprise Visa card gives you a great rate with no unexpected fees. Not a member of Granite Hills? Not a problem. We are open to anyone who lives or works in Washington or Orange Counties. Apply online at granitehills.org or call today to take advantage of our many loan programs at Granite Hills, your hometown credit union. At Granite Hills Credit Union, the Granite Hills Credit Union is an equal housing lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. We are high performance, low pressure. We are Walker Volkswagen on the Barry Montpelier Road. Buying a Volkswagen is easy with Walker's upfront pricing. Stop by, call, or click walkervt.com for your easy upfront price. With Walker's deeply discounted upfront pricing, you eliminate all the gimmicks and stressful negotiations in buying your next car. Get your money's worth at Walker Volkswagen with 0% financing for 72 months on many popular Volkswagen models. To qualified buyers, this means absolutely no interest, resulting in a much lower payment. Save thousands, $4,000 in fact, off from the MSRP of all brand new in-stock Jetta Sport Wagons, including the 43-mile-per-gallon clean-burning turbo diesel. Check out the complete lineup of affordable German-engineered European-styled Volkswagens. Our staff has one goal, exceeding your car buying experience. Upfront pricing is a better car buying experience that will save you time and money. Only at Walker Volkswagen, your source for Everything Volkswagen on the Barry Montpelier Road and WalkerVT.com. I love Hunger Mountain Co-op because it makes it easy to find locally grown, organically produced food. I'm Carl Etnayer from East Montpelier, and I've been a member owner of Hunger Mountain Co-op since 2001. Back to 
continuing our discussion, we've been talking this morning with Lieutenant Governor Phil Scott. You can join us at 244-1777, toll-free 877-291-8255. Did the legislature and the governor deal appropriately with the $130 million gap? Well, was it, I think it was... 113. When I'm sorry, first, what, you're right. Yeah, when it first started, uh, then uh, was reduced uh, from there. Um, but, you know, again, I, we talk about that uh, faith and trust. I, I'm not sure that we dealt with it. Uh, I think that uh, it's coming back. I think that we, we continue to use uh, some uh, one-time money, which we have to do. We're working in triage right now. We're just trying to, to fill the holes and, and, and prioritize as best can we can. Um, but uh, but this is uh, unsustainable. Uh, you go back, and I know you know people get tired of hearing that. But you go back four or five years when when the governor uh, Governor Douglas uh, vetoed the budget, and and that was ironically about a hundred billion dollars difference between what the legislature passed and what he said was sustainable, and uh, and it hasn't changed a whole lot every year. Since then, we come back with a deficit. It's a deficit. And I remember the days not too long ago, 10 years ago, when we had a waterfall in the, uh, the appropriations bill. Where were we going to spend all the money that was coming in? You know, what, what was going to come next? And uh, we don't have that now. Um, we, we just, we're, we're looking at, I think, uh, fundamentally, probably another 50 to $70 million um, budget deficit next year. And, and the only way you're going to fix that, from my standpoint, is to grow the economy. Because we can't tax anymore. I, d I don't think there's any more capacity. Um, and, and I think the, the voters that did show up spoke loud and clear about um, their desire to have something different, in particular in property taxes. And uh, they're just feeling overwhelmed. And, and they're working two and three jobs. And, and they're trying to make ends meet, but not doing a very good job uh, at uh, accomplishing that. So... Uh, I think uh, I think they did what they what they had to do uh, for right now, but we need some long term fixes here. We need to to try and again, instead of uh, taxing more or, or cutting, uh, growing the economy in the future, and we may have to tighten our belts in between. How do you grow the economy? I think you just have to uh, again. Uh, there's there's a number of steps that you could take, and I think that we, uh, whether right or wrong, uh, we have uh, the reputation of not being a friendly business state, uh, and I think that we have a great story to tell. And I heard that uh, along the Vermont the the, the economy pitches that we had. Uh, that we were uh, losing the, the war, so to speak, on marketing Vermont. Uh, we're, we're very enterprising. We're very unique. We have a great story to tell, and we don't tell it. And, uh, and I think that we should be putting uh, more dollars towards economic development uh, than we do right now. The, the bill that was passed, S-138, uh, had $450,000 attached to it. $100,000 is going to go to Lake Champlain Chamber for some position to help out with Canada. Another two or $250,000 for more marketing uh, for telling our story. But when you think about and it, and that's a lot of money. I, I get it. You know, half a million dollars is a lot of money to, to us. Um, but when you think about how marketing, uh, not a lot of money. Uh, because w when you think about our campaign, so to speak... I spent uh, $200,000 uh, in the last uh, campaign marketing me in state. Uh, the governor probably spent three or four times that marketing himself. That dwarfs what we just passed to market Vermont in our economy. Uh, I just, I think we, we need to do more. 
Let's go to Starksboro. Rich, good morning. Good morning, Mark. Uh, good morning, uh, Lieutenant Governor. Good morning. Um, I want to follow up uh, on what Mark was saying about how the uh, legislature and the governor handled the, uh, I guess, $113, a million dollar shortfall. Um, one of the things that, that kind of troubled me was all the different tweaking ideas that were and here we go with tweaking. I get the words being used again. The tweaking ideas that the legislature used, like uh, placing a minimum tax uh, for everybody at three percent, was one of the ideas. Uh, having, uh, I guess they did do uh, itemized deductions down to to thirty one thousand some odd dollars for married couples. But I guess there are some exceptions for charitable contributions and things like that. Um, one of the things that I'm concerned about is the tweaking. I I would prefer, if taxes are going to be raised, that the legislature and the governor who has to sign the bill just look the public straight in the eye and say, we're raising your taxes. We're not going to try to target different people and different segments of the population. Just raise the rates. If you want to get the rich people, raise the rates for the rich people more than you're raising the rates for the other people. Just come straight across to us above board. And the other thing is, I don't understand why we never have any hearings on proposals for tax raises. Not that I'm a, I'm really in favor of having hearings for things like ATVs on public land and hearings for shoreland protection and hearings like that. Can't we ever have a hearing for how your plans are to raise taxes so you can have some public input on that? And again, okay, the other me, thing I want to say, let you, let you let mentioned let me let me, let me Let me interrupt. I'm going to have him comment on what you've already brought to us. Thank you. Well, uh, there are hearings uh, that happen, uh, Senate Finance, uh, House Ways and Means, uh, maybe not to the to the level that you're talking about, uh, some public-type hearings, and that, that could be something that the uh, committee chairs uh, could uh, could take on. Um, but uh, but you make, a, again, a good point, and I've thought about this a lot. And, again, it's about that lack of faith and trust in government. And when the, the governor proposed the payroll tax, a $90 million payroll tax in the beginning, uh, I, I think it was discarded uh, for, I think, the appropriate reasons. Um, but but I, I think back about if we had more faith and trust, if we if we actually believed that we were cutting the budget to the to the bone, so to speak, and that we were just playing out of money, and that we needed this to to handle essential, essential services and and help our most vulnerable and and do whatever we could. Uh, if we had enough faith in our government, we might be able to go to to the general public and say, "Hey, you know, we're going to have to do this for a year uh, or two years." And they might look back and say, okay, we, we trust you, and, and you'll sunset this in a year or two, and, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll reassess. I, th- I think that's the difference. Should other candidates wait for you to make a decision? I, I don't think they have to, no. I, I, I think that uh, they should make decisions based on their own, um, own judgment, and, uh, and I, I think I've, I've been clear about that. Uh, they, nobody has to wait for me. Doesn't Scott Milne, didn't he earn the right to run again in 2016? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and if Scott uh, wants to run again, I, I think he should. Uh, I think anybody that uh, thinks that they can make a difference should run. It's not, a, it's not about me. 
thank you for your um, time this morning. I appreciate you coming in. Thanks and, very much. Uh, um, we'll uh, get you back soon. All right. Take care. That's going to wrap things up for today. Thank you very much for joining us on the program. I know there are many things out there that compete for your attention, so we appreciate you spending part of your morning with us. Coming up on the program on uh, Monday, we're going to talk about the HPV vaccine. And then uh, we've got some other great programming coming your way as well next week. Have a safe weekend, everybody, and come back and join us same time, same place on Monday. This is FM 96.1 WDEV Warren, broadcasting from the top of Sugarbush. And AM 550 WDEV Water Bay Montpelier News is coming your way next. AP Radio News. I'm Rita Foley.